On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 145 of the 13th of August 2010. James, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. And you, Ian. And uh, we are trying again, the miracles of technology. Here we are. So what are we going to talk about on the Couch Podcast, this hip and trendy, what's up, what's not, in the world of uh, digital media and entertainment? Fantastic. So we're going to cover what's happening in uh, business news, technology news, content delivery. A bit of mobile. I think we've got some gaming news and other wacky stuff. Fabulous. Sounds great. Well, let's crack on because it's... uh, it's action-packed episode it certainly is and uh let's see where we go from here i think the this isn't the wacky other one but it's kind of in the business news mm-hmm. um where you, we've heard this week that um skype are filing for an ipo Indeed. which is quite interesting um having i guess recently separated from ebay i mm-hmm. suppose um, or bought themselves back out. And we talked on one of the previous podcasts about the some patent portfolio and things going on in that area. Mm. Um, but this is particularly one of that someone's been reading through the small print. And <laughs> apparently uh, Sky, that big uh, big broadcaster in the UK, satellite mm-hmm. broadcaster, uh, is contesting Skype on the use of the first three letters of their name. Ah, uh, Sky, well, with P-E on the end. <laughs> Which... Uh, uh-huh. To me, sounds a bit weird, but apparently it's been upheld in various territories. Um, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? It's like uh, in some, uh, I don't know, like... It's more trademarks, I think that's the issue. Yeah, like, and the, the funny thing for trademarks is that you have to trademark it in a particular genre, mm. as in, um, like I can trademark, um, uh, the if I invented a new chip, for example, I call it the... Uh, the fast Harris car special. or the Harris yeah. special. Yep. yep. Um, then I could trademark that, that expression in respect to, to, to chips, for example. But if someone called um, a hamburger, a Harris special, um, right. then I couldn't sue them because it's like, it's not the same thing. Whereas if someone created another chip called the mm-hmm. Harris, very special, then, then they could, they could, you know, well, you should be a, uh, a trademark lawyer. <laughs> um, and there's a disclaimer here. Obviously Ian is not a trademark lawyer. No, you. that's true. But strangely yeah. enough, my my mum back in Australia uh, mm-hmm. actually worked in the uh, patents and trademarks office. So this is on there good authority. Go. But uh, uh, I, I don't know. Sky seems a bit dubious. Must Skype. be an edge case, but I, clearly uh, it's, mm, I don't know. Still, obviously hanging over them like that. So you know, good luck to to Skype. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see what goes on. So that's enough about that. What's going on in the technology world here? Ah, uh, now uh, the Terminator. James. The Terminator story, yeah. Um, fantastic. <laughs> maybe this is a bit of a jump, a leap of faith. Um, <laughs> but uh, our old friends Apple have acquired the rights to Liquid Metal Technologies Advanced Metal Alloys, uh-huh. which... What does that mean? I read the headline, I thought, oh, sounds like they're making the T4 or something I think from the uh, Terminator Absolutely. movies. But uh, I think what it comes down to is they've got the exclusive rights to use some funky alloys which you can make stronger, faster, more machinable... Mm. I guess it's, they've done this aluminium stuff and mm. now they're saying, no, better than aluminium. Yeah, that would be cool because, you know, part of the, uh, part of the well, problem aluminum, with, aluminum. <laughs> if you're American, part of the problem with uh, the form factor for, for the Apple products is, you know, aluminium is, is nice and light and uh, uh, gives a nice kind of finish. But if you want something that's 
thinner than that and you have to have a certain thickness of aluminium otherwise it's just kind of bendy well you have to mill it away I suppose well, yeah, that says that too it's, it's expensive well, to you make can do, it I've seen investment casting with aluminium but it's quite specialised and takes a long time and I guess the milling right. takes a long time as well so this yeah. is I think they want the best of both worlds so mm-hmm. you can um, do that I did, have you seen one of the new Mac minis no what are they quite, like quite um, different in design to be honest uh-huh. um, all metal and in fact they, the stand mm-hmm. at the bottom it kind of lifts it off the the whatever surface you put it on because the, mm-hmm. the wi- wireless antennas are at the bottom because oh, it's all right. metal and clearly you know as we know from the iPhone debacle yes you know you can't just enclose something in metal and expect the signal to get out mm. so um, they've obviously been paying quite a bit of attention to that but uh, mm. no so I think that's just an interesting kind of background is often people look at the behaviour of companies whether it's mm. filing mm-hmm. IPOs whether it or filing uh, uh, patent applications mm-hmm. who they've done deals with um, and there's a lot of speculation when Apple bought I think PA Semiconductor what they were doing yeah. that for and then you know two and a half years later pop out comes an iPad so mm. um, interesting well, kind of predictor of what might happen next yeah exactly so it's uh, I guess it's reading the, the technology tea leaves mm. I suppose and certainly Apple does pay a lot of attention to the form factor and the physical design of their products which is uh, you know something that uh, a lot of companies struggle with um, yeah it's more we've think. got a great idea and it just churn it out and it's yeah. uh, it fails because of the initial the out of the box experience whereas Apple can yeah, only say out of the box is yeah. out of the box is like wow I really feel like I wasn't ripped off so, <laughs> well it's true I mean even the boxing of Apple products as soon as you kind of open it up and you have that kind of everything's individually packaged and wrapped nicely and presented mm. nicely it's like like you know it is, it is kind of a they do try and make it a special experience it is yeah no puff of smoke they haven't sort of worked out the puff of smoke when you open the box yet I think mm. that'll, be, that'll be the next one puff of smoke technologies fantastic it'll be um, hmm. So, um, you've got a story here about uh, elections and lots yeah, of internet. So, I mean, this is, this is about, this, we're in the technology section, but um, uh, there's, an, uh, there's an election going on in Australia and in the, uh, the NBN, the National Broadband Network, is uh, something that the, the present government, or the incumbent government, I guess, has mm. been working on for some time to try and create a kind of technology superpower in the Pacific by getting everyone internet access that's super fast. Isn't there only a kind of a wet piece of string going to Australia? So how do they... Oh, there's plenty of bandwidth to Australia. It's just, you know, okay. Australia's a big country with very few people, you know, compared with the, the size of the actual country. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can... The idea is if we can get everyone connected up to a nice, big, fast internet Pipe. connection, then, you mm. know, the world is uh, our oyster. Yeah, then Australia will be the new call centre of the world, I suppose. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's possible too. So uh, the, the present government have said, uh, yeah, this is what we're going to do. The opposition have said, no, this is complete rubbish. We're going to scrap the whole thing and uh, incentivise private industry to do it instead. And the, mm. uh, the, the incumbent uh, government has said, no, no, no. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to make it one gigabit per second. That's going to be fantastic. Well, I think anyway. that's generally the same, even in this, this age of austerity, governments mm-hmm. who have plans to roll out mega broadband everywhere mm. are not cutting those budgets but I mean, mm. obviously ideally you'd like the, the public private purse to do it but uh, you know, generally having fast broadband will make you know, a thousand businesses bloom um, well absolutely if you've I got Chairman Mao said that but he was right, maybe I'm wrong <laughs> someone, someone can tell us something about um, that's on feedback at On The Couch podcast about my bogus historical references nevertheless I think you're right like if you can get one gigabit to the to the home to the office to the desktop who knows then, uh, what you'll do I mean amazing possibilities amazing because mm. uh, you know we've often talked about the fact that IPTV is, is hamstrung in some ways by the fact that once you've got one HDTV HDTV signal down a 
24 megabit ADSL connection, you're kind of stuffed. So and that's a good 24. That's a VHDSL, exactly, isn't it? It's exactly. not, the, not the real deal. So, yeah, um, so if you get one gigabit yeah. to them, ooh, all sorts of things are possible. Yeah, well, what are you going to do with your one gigabit? Answers on a postcard. That's uh, <laughs> fantastic. You know, but it, you know, rent out my my laptop spare CPU cycles to mm. the cloud. Well, you could, stuff. yeah, exactly. You could do anything. Mm. There are all sorts of possibilities there, depending on which uh, party gets in after the Australian election, but um, uh, we shall see. There'll probably be a coalition. <laughs> um, meanwhile, in the world of content delivery, mm. um, the big boys at Netflix, mm-hmm. Netflix has come from being, you know, four or five years ago, just a, a niche player for delivering packaged media, uh-huh. DVDs, DVD by mail, to yeah. becoming actually quite a well-known media brand. Indeed, in fact, and a channel brand. Yeah, uh, they really have taken on the idea that well, we're not a DVD mailing distribution company; we're a media delivery company, mm. and they've taken that to heart. and And they've got a lot of different platforms now uh, that you can actually get Netflix content on. Yeah, and uh, you know, from PlayStation to Blu-ray players, mm. um, and everything in between. I guess they're not encumbered by the. And, and the story here is about them doing a deal with is it Epics or Epics? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a startup pay TV channel um, to share, I guess, uh, who are probably bleeding because they bought massive amounts of content and having trouble getting distribution because <laughs> they're mm-hmm. trying to play with the big boys like HBO. Indeed. Um, so they're maybe seeing if they can share some of those rights with uh, Netflix, mm-hmm. who allegedly, are, I don't know if they're bailing them out for a billion dollars or. I mean, the, obviously, we're around. not privy to the details there. Yeah. But Netflix has a, another way of getting that content distributed mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. doesn't rely on incumbent cable and satellite operators yeah um whether they've got the rights for that way of delivery is another thing i suppose i guess they would have mm. um i do a bit of due diligence if i was spending a billion dollars <laughs> um, i'm sure you would well I but guess normally the, that wouldn't be included would it so true but it, uh, well apparently gives them exclusive online rights to films from paramount lionsgate and mgm yeah a lot, i guess uh, a lot of this might come down to the how the content is actually delivered and uh-huh. in many of today's cable systems the last mile is all ip that's true even though it is maybe reconverted back into quam mm-hmm. at some point so it becomes rf into the home but you you know if i was a lawyer i'd say ah but you're delivering this via the internet therefore you will mm-hmm. pay me internet licensing fees mm-hmm. so maybe this thing comes back as oh we'll deliver it all by the internet then mm-hmm. um so interesting. interesting i think you know that's interesting that netflix will come out maybe we'll see other in, other people certainly in uk we've got love film who have got a similar mm-hmm. model maybe netflix will just spy them but they're, they're seeing growth as well i think so um, i love film doing delivery over the internet they are, no, they are doing beta stuff yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. you can try that out um mm-hmm. but i guess it will come down to more patchwork quilt style depending mm-hmm. on which content they've actually got mm-hmm. uh if anyone's actually used it send us a bit of feedback yep um I'm not happening. a Love Film user subscriber at the moment. Yeah, um, I subscribed and, and got one film from them, and they sent me four of them. The, and then actually, that reminds me, I do have a lapsed Netflix subscription. I need to update yeah. that. I'm on holiday. Um, right, uh, what's the latest deal on iPhone apps? What's going on there? My iPhone apps. What have we got? Content delivery. AT and T offering video on BlackBerry and Apple de- Apple devices. Um, I thought because didn't AT and T. I guess they're, they're maybe they, they have what's the name of the service they have in the US it's the um, uh, Uverse Uverse yeah. and so they're now offering access on Blackberries and Apple devices to Uverse subscribers I think mm-hmm. whether they're charging more for it I don't know well it's going to be um, available on the new Blackberry Torch which goes on sale this week 
uh, and it also allows them to set DV, DVR recordings and other kind of do funky stuff on their phone, like they you know as we've seen in some of the other, some of the other operators. Uh, but again, uh, you know the, the the question remains: What's it going to be like? Is it going to be a download service? Uh, will they have the bandwidth? I think they're to offering that? download. Yeah, and I guess it depends. You know, your mileage may vary depending on your network. But yeah. I, I think they're offering this as a freebie to people who are on their middle and upper tier uh-huh. packages. Okay, um, so it's really a churn reducer rather than an actual kind of uh, revenue. I mean, revenue raiser. If they offered you pay-per-view, I don't know. I guess they're just trialing it right now. It's mm. a, more of a, we can do that as well. There we go. Let's download shows via Wi-Fi and watch them anywhere. And we think this idea of TV everywhere is very compelling and important. Is uh, mm. David Christopher, the Chief Marketing Officer for AT&T Mobility. So, very cool. And um, I'd be interested there again to learn what type of content mm-hmm. they're able to offer, whether it's a limited <laughs> sphere. <laughs> and I guess it would be because they probably yes. haven't got the license for mobile devices. Uh-huh everything um, yeah it's interesting all these uh content negotiations the people selling the content now are a bit more canny about uh locking down exactly what yeah. rights they're giving away so exactly and you know, you know the universe of distribution rights across the whole world etc etc mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. so that's kind of segues us nicely into mobile indeed now I didn't put the story down here, but um, I thought it was interesting this story here about uh, the Ministry of Home Affairs in India was looking mm-hmm. to um, basically maybe outlaw Blackberries. And I think yeah, a lot of this comes down... a few down, of these other countries at the moment. Well, I mean, the one I think last week there was noise from um, Saudi Arabia. Mm. And a lot of this comes down to, and I think in India, they still actually intercept mail or have the ability to monitor oh, all really? mail okay. services. It just doesn't take a long time to get through to you. It's because someone's probably opening it and reading it. <laughs> right. Um, so, and I guess a bit like the Skype argument as well. Mm-hmm. Skype encrypts its its audio communication, so people are worried about yep. they they can't eavesdrop on it. Mm. Um, I mean, it's one of those arguments. Uh, you know, if you've got nothing to hide, then what are you worried about? But you know, if you're conducting confidential business negotiations, and one of the companies that you're negotiating against is uh, is is a is a native, I guess, of the, within the country that you're. You're in, and uh, you know it doesn't take much for a government employee to kind of give away a bit of information they've got access to. And but are they actually listening you know? to this? I think this is all antiquated systems, and it's the it's the paranoia about you know keeping secrets and um, mm-hmm. the inter- There's a ways there are ways around this, it, uh, and obviously it's maybe obstructive for for Rim to move forward in that space. I, mm-hmm. I would imagine someone who is anti-Rim has started that lobbying process. Sure. Um, I've worked in India for a while and it tends to be you know it's probably not homegrown by the industry ministry of home affairs mm, someone yeah. has tipped them off and said hey you know I want to do this in my country mm-hmm. <laughs> why are these foreigners allowed to come mm-hmm. in here and mm-hmm. uh, do this and isn't there a problem with this I'll t- I would obviously tell you how to do this so interesting but mm-hmm. um, second country um, that this has happened with for RIM I don't know mm-hmm. if it's affecting their bottom line but it can't be good for the share price exactly interesting to see where that goes um, mm. have you bought any apps for your iPhone lately James I, my iPhone is kind of relegated just to as a separate device I'm, I'm more iPad and, um, <laughs> you're iPad man. I'm looking at some new magazine formats on there the odd game here uh-huh. and there which is quite interesting now, the, the iPad doesn't have a forward facing camera no camera, no camera at no all camera at all in fact one That's of the crazy. things I was thinking oh. about getting you can get a camera adapter where you oh, can, you can plug in either via USB or, okay. or memories card okay. um but they're pretty sold out of those first. Of, I don't know. They might be seen really? more in the shops now, but they're pretty rare beasties. See, that's um, a, that's so a I, cracker of a little app that, you know, being able to. I mean, I, I actually thought, 
I, you know, I thought I'd almost buckle and get an iPad. I'll be able to do Skype and chat to people and, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and then I realized, ah, oh, doesn't have a front facing, doesn't have any camera. And then how am I going to Skype video chat? Like I'll just Yeah, it depends how much video notebook. chat you do. I mean, it's very good. I must say, uh, audio chatting. Okay. Um, very good. Um, and you can see video, but you can't... No, you can't see it. It doesn't connect. I mean, at the moment, uh-huh. the app I'm running for Skype on my iPad mm-hmm. is the iPhone one, um, which, mm-hmm. as far as I know, even if you've got a 4, iPhone 4, doesn't support Skype. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, but uh, but I have uh, run Flash on my iPad. Ooh, how does that Shave. work? I thought well, you could get that on, on an Apple device. Well, I jailbroke it, which is trivial, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, these days. Um and then I just looked to one of the third-party repositories, and mm-hmm. they called it Frash. Actually, I think they've taken the Android uh, package. Ah, and, recompiled and, it, right? And pack- it's not it's not very elegant. Basically, any Flash object in the browser appears in the grey box, which says Flash, <laughs> and you right. touch you touch it, and then it yeah, attempts it to render else. it. Right? Does it work? Um, yeah, it does. By and large, it does crash occasionally, um, <laughs> and there is some sort right. of une- unexpected behaviour. But you'd expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, I don't browse the web a lot on on my um, iPad. To be fair, oh really? I like yeah. use a dedicated app, mm-hmm. which would leverage a right. database database driven website, uh-huh. or put in sites like Amazon and things like that. Mm. Where I'm browsing through products or whatever don't have mm-hmm. much flash on them. Mm. Okay, so you can't really uh, see a lot of a lot of use for it. I, mean, I guess any site which has a lot of I mean, I guess normally I'm shopping or researching mm-hmm. stuff. They're not going to have had the time or effort to generate dedicated flash resources for every product on that site. Mm, true. You know, eBay, similar kinds of things, because it's quite intensive even to make basic flash stuff. Mm. So if you've got a, a gazillion things in your library, there's mm-hmm. not going to be a gazillion flash things there. Mm. Um, the odds, I guess, banner ads, they're more likely to be flash, but to be honest, I'm not bothered about not seeing mm. them in flash. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it doesn't really bother no, that's me. That's interesting because um, uh, the next version of Android has Flash support, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how people. Well, this is apparently that. that same Android source, ah, okay, which has been wrapped up and, and made to sort of slightly run in, in Apple as a Safari plugin. So oh. um, interesting. Uh, the other app um, which I'd seen in a bit of conventional media, thanks to USA Today. If you look in the show notes, you'll be able to see the link to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is an app which we've kind of talked about this idea for some time called mm. shop shop kick right. um which the idea being you have the app open in your phone mm-hmm. and rather than using gps because if you're wanting in a shopping mall obviously you're not going to get any gps like uh shops that want to advertise specific offers or services to you mm-hmm. uh put a an uh, i guess a sub oral audio transducer which the phone can hear but you can't right cool which will identify to the phone your precise location. So I guess there'll be a ah, store store okay. ID, right. which will then do a server lookup mm-hmm. and say, okay, you happen to be in this store. You've obviously registered some profile and they'll match what you want with what offers are in the shop. Right. So then you can use this as a smart, like a companion device for shopping. Mm, cool. Um, which is a bit like, you know, the one where they'll Bluetooth and push vouchers and tokens and things to you. Mm-hmm. But some, uh, some little startup guys started this out and, um, Fantastic. Good for them. I think the the innovative bit is, is quite cool about having this. I think what's the name of the thing they call this thing they stick in the um, in the shop? Um, it's not a transducer. They're calling it something else, which I thought was quite. I was thinking, hmm, what's that? Uh, a deducer. The deducer. Yeah, that's it. Not a that's transducer. Great. A deducer. It's installed so in I'd the ceiling of the property, and the malls will be replaced. Will be placed in the common areas. 
Uh, okay, that's very cool. Because, I mean, that's one of the problems, is once you're inside, you don't know where you are, but... Yeah, so it's yeah, it's it basically cool. just chirps. It makes a little tweety uh-huh. tweety kind of noise. A bit uh-huh. like those things that made noises like mosquitoes buzzing, which annoyed teenagers. <laughs> so maybe you'll probably find that some people can hear this. Yeah. And they'll be going, oh, I'm complaining. I'm never going to that shop. There'll be a class action suit before you know it. <laughs> I'm um, sure you're right. So that's quite cool. Um, that's very cool. Da, 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 gaming. Um, uh, gaming. Uh, James, uh, um, one of my favorite, all-time favorite games, I mean, was Duke Nukem 3D, which is one of the first, um, <laughs> one of the first silly games where you run around shooting people, but uh, in the kind of Duke Nukem environment, which... Um, An irreverent thug. Yeah, basically. <laughs> full of adult entertainment and toilet humor. Uh, yeah, toilet humor is kind of probably putting it mildly. Um <laughs> But uh, it was a very funny, very kind of, very childish, but very funny kind of uh, kind of game, which um, a lot of us kind of grew up on those whole kind of, um, you know, VGA and CGA games, which Duke Nukem originally was like a, a little platformer, like you just jump up and down and... Yeah, know. it's like uh, Wolfen or... Yeah. It was, it was a classic kind of thing. And, and the, I think it's been a, a running joke in the games community that mm-hmm. this version, Duke Nukem Forever, has been... Um, been in development for about 15 years or <laughs> allegedly um and apparently um gearbox who's a i guess a game developer has allegedly mm-hmm. picked up the baton um uh. to um deliver duke nukem forever but i mean there's there's a bit of uh kind of joking yeah yeah right the whole name duke nukem forever means it will never be completed it's kind of it's almost <laughs> it's like it's almost a, like the kiss of death now it's like well it's like we can say goodbye law. to gearbox can't we because uh you know that we bought out or sold or closed down or something before duke nukem is actually mm. completed so and a playable demo will be distributed some point later this year wow. um, and take we'll two is a different is the entity that owns the rights to it they didn't comment mm-hmm. so who knows i mean it, it's maybe it's the poison chalice of games development mm, possibly you know, nice to see it. Like, you know, uh, as soon as it's released, everyone's going to buy it just because, you know, it's part of that folklore, you know, but... Uh. <laughs> I guess that's true. It's like, you remember Leisure Suit Larry? Similar ah, kind of thing, but yeah. less shooting. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, yeah, it was a classic adventure game. Yeah, it's, yeah. Adventure games, indeed. Where have they, where have they gone? Let's I mean, keep, keep on typing. I, I think some of those games work better in, you know, low-level graphics where your imagination played, you know, part of the... Part of the but uh, kids today don't have any imagination. <laughs> if you disagree, send us feedback. Feedback at onthegadgetpodcast.com. Um, so, so uh, into the crazy category now, James. We've we've got. Um, I mean, you know that, uh, of course, that cars these days are. Yeah, you know, they basically run on one serial bus that connects all the devices within yeah, the car. Yeah. Everything's controlled from a central place. In fact, there's no. There's really actually little wiring in uh, in cars. There's a, there's a power plane essentially, and there's a communication bus. Mm-hmm. And so everything is under her computer control, lights, uh, central locking. Mm. In fact, even... Nothing even can go wrong. Go wrong. Pressure. Go yeah, wrong. Yes. Go wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic on there. Um, yeah, and this is... Um, we, we did talk a few shows back about someone hacking into a car, basically seeing how they could hack the engine control unit, electronic mm-hmm. control unit, and they could gain control of the car. And mm-hmm. well, you know, but that was with physical access to the car. And I guess yeah. this is this is someone working out they can actually hack through the... Um, I didn't know I said wireless tyre pressure monitors, which apparently is... Yeah. New cars in the US have to have wireless tyre monitors or something? Well, the reason behind this is that if, if your tyres are pumped up properly, then you'll actually use less fuel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and obviously, you're, you know, your wheels are kind of spinning around at a reasonable rate. 
uh, it's very difficult to kind of wire that and keep Indeed, that connected. Yeah. So, so um, is this is was this like a requirement in must be California, presumably? I wouldn't guess, I would guess California. Must be California. So uh, something that keeps an eye on your tire pressure gets below a certain point, gives you an alert, so you can go and you know pump mm-hmm. your tires up. Fair enough. Yep. But of course, uh, anytime you have any sort of wireless connection between something and something else, remember that that, that bus is connected to all the devices in the car, the mm-hmm. engine, everything else. The wireless uh, tire pressure is connected into that, and. Uh, so basically, they can freak that interface Indeed. and cause your car to crash. Well, but in a software perspective, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, what does that mean? Or in a Toyota Recall perspective, I mean that's the. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you know they do they do kind of buffer overflows and bogus mm-hmm. messages, mm-hmm. and you know if it's a, I don't know how many bytes of data can it actually send? Mm-hmm. But uh, have they tried? every combination of that to see what will happen. Well, it's, in, yeah. one, it's one of those, one of those kind of, I, I mm. think it's more a proof of concept than anything else. Exactly. I don't think, don't worry drivers. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, the actual tire sensors only send a message every minute or so uh, to let, uh, let the rest of the car know what's going on. Cause obviously, you know, your tire pressure doesn't change all that often. Uh, but, um, the idea there is that uh, they got some equipment that's worth about $1,500 and, you know, radio sensors and so on. They're able to sample mm. what was going on on the, uh, the communication, and then I don't know whether they were spoofing it or they were. Uh, uh, I think they the, the example they gave was that they were able to be annoying by. And they I think the other thing is they have unique the IDs. Each one of these transponders has got unique IDs, so they could also track the car. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's a different. That's different again. That's yeah, yeah. So cool. it's not only secure. Mm. It's basically it's security and tracking. So mm. uh, you know, maybe they know where you are. Anything that's uniquely, I guess, you could be tracked by your MAC address on any Ethernet interface you have. Well, that's true. But I mean, at least once um, once so you're out course. on the internet, the, the MAC address is hidden. But when you're driving around... Well, it's not necessarily hidden, isn't it? Included in every packet. Oh, well, yeah. D- depending on the particular implementation of the router, that's true. Yeah, so it could mm. be, so, you know, always spoof your your uh, your MAC address. Because <laughs> I'm sure there's a big, you know, the big echelon database out there is uh, oh, indeed. able to resolve MAC addresses to individual buyers, you know. And uh, watch out for your tyres, because they could be giving away. Maybe I've been watching, watching too much TV. Maybe. Now, James, your article here on the 7x7 Rubik's Cube. Now, I never even knew there was a 7x7 Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I, I think maybe that's the fun of this article. Someone's maybe invented one. Um, <laughs> well, they have, and it, it like, uh, I mean, the... the for me, the three by three by three one was hard enough. Yeah, which I heard someone has solved in twenty seconds or something. No, Twelve no, no, minutes. No, they've, uh, they've proven now that you can solve the Rubik's cube of uh, any any particular pattern can be solved in a maximum of twenty moves, um, which is quite a complex mathematical proof. And took, uh, ma- but that's in the three by three by three one, right? That's right. It took uh, the yeah. Google donated some computing time, and it took them thirty five years worth of computing time. Obviously, you know, multiple wow. computers and so on. To prove that, because uh, there's, you know, two billion combinations of mm-hmm. Rubik's Cube cubelets, are they? What are they? So they must have won simulations of all the mm. different combos and stuff. Well, uh, this is, article is similar, but different. This um, is a 7x7x7 seven by seven by seven Rubik's Cube. Where and this is showing quite a, it's quite a funky engineering oh, it's a, it's project. A, yeah, really. it's a great little, they, that uh, Lego Mindstorms robot stuff's fantastic. Yeah, things being, being built with that. Yeah, being powered by an Android phone. Ah, nice. Um, which is running on an ARM processor, and this is all about ARM, uh-huh. really showing the utility of their and the power of their processors. Right. And this is using, um, I guess, the the jig that holds the cube and moves mm-hmm. it around mm-hmm. is Lego Mindstorm. Right. But the pattern recognition and uh, the, the computing and so on, is uh, the algorithms and stuff right. come from the Android phone. Yeah, cool. Um, but and it, the article it says you know th- it solves it in thirty eight seconds. Well, it's actually 
38 minutes and 54 seconds or something or uh-huh. it's quite a long time but it then was a long time. <laughs> but then seven by seven by seven is a far trickier problem than three by three by three indeed so um, it looks what, very cool it's definitely worth having a look at the video and seeing mm. how they've done it that's uh, that's fantastic um, and if you ever have to solve one of these then you can build your own and, robot and it do does it. make you think that people are carrying that kind of power on the, the palm of their hand that, that is a very good point because I mean it does not only does the image recognition of all the sides uh, calculates what the answer is into how to solve it and then controls, you know, controlling it's not too bad, but mm. uh, it, you actually do have quite an amazing amount of computing power you're carrying around with you. Yeah, and also, I guess the limitation there is probably the speed the Lego kit can manipulate can the, move the thing around. Because um, yeah. you know, I guess it works out all the moves in advance. Yeah. And then, then it, it executes it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there we go. Very what cool. Great, uh, great little project there. So definitely worth mm. having a look. Indeedy. Cool. So that kind of brings us to the end, really, doesn't it, of this show, episode 145. It does indeed. James, it's been good to talk to you, and I uh, hope I'll have a uh, chance to chat to you next week in episode 146. Indeed. And it's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from me, and cheers. Bye. This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by EmbeddedAdventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. 